welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hi there and welcome to the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. It's great to have you join us here today. My name is Anthony Whitaker, and I am your host. I want to start off today by thanking all of you who have been rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I do read all of them and I'm really touched by your words of support and appreciation for what we do. So thank you very much. Now, although podcasts are free for the listeners, those reviews do help other people find us. So if you haven't already done so, then please scroll to the bottom of the page on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. So on with today's show. I get the privilege every week to talk with salon owners all over the world, and some of them are doing it really tough, understandably. But believe it or not, others are doing better than ever. Now, I know that there are many reasons as to why some salons are doing well and others have been decimated, and it's not always in your control. So I don't want to belittle the very real struggles that some salons are facing because of COVID and lockdowns, etc. But over the next few weeks, I want to focus on what I'm calling comeback stories, because we all need some good news to focus on and to always be looking for how we can tweak our approach as salon owners to ensure our future success. So on that note, my guest today on the podcast is Tony Wormsley. Tony is the owner of the Anthony John Salon in England. And even though England has now gone back into lockdown, at least until the 2nd of December, Tony's business has consistently been growing over the last 12 months. So if you're like me, you'll want to know what are the things that he's been doing that might help you in your business. So in today's podcast, we will discuss the role that leadership plays. Tony talks about his marketing strategy and the importance of building a team culture and lots more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Tony. Hi, Anthony. Great to be here. Um, great to chat to someone who's had such an impact on my career so far. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for the invite. Oh, thank you. My absolute pleasure. I'm uh, really looking forward to talking to you today because uh, I know we've had a bit of a warm up before we got on the call to start recording. And I think you've got lots of great information to uh, share with our audience today. So um, uh, you're probably aware that I start every one of these podcasts pretty much the same way. I get my guests to introduce themselves. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, Tony Wormsley, uh, who is Tony Wormsley? Give us your sort of two minute backstory and then we can uh, uh, dig into that some more yeah um so yeah I, i've been hairdressing coming up to 20 years now and um, did my a levels so did, did some further education through school and at 18 uh, decided not to go to uni much to my mum and dad's frustration probably and got into hairdressing so contacted one of the local salons managed to get an apprenticeship and so learned on the job uh, four years later uh, managed to to sort of build a good clientele and, and got into the management side of, of things. So my first sort of leadership role was was very early on, really. After that, went to sort of a big name in hairdressing in the UK, 
sort of learned a lot more about the other side of hairdressing, so the awards, photo shoots, uh, TV work was being done in, in the in the for that salon group. And then from there, um, 10 years ago, coming up 10 years, we, we opened our business, Anthony John Salons, started off with a, a small unit with just four members of the team, including myself. And fast forward to today, we've knocked into the unit next door. Uh, that was five years ago. And we're now at, we've just employed our 22nd member of the team. So grown massively. Obviously, there's been ups and downs through, <laughs> through that, but um, a great journey so far. Great. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I've said in the intro already um, that, you know, I'm going to be talking to um, salon owners and getting their comeback story, so to speak. And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to hook up with you because, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I was looking at your, you know, posts on Insta and they were so... Uh, so positive. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking with salon owners all over the world every week, and some of them are doing it really tough. And others are doing better than ever, whether I'm talking to people in the US or, you know, the UK or Australia or wherever they happen to be. And I, I know that there are many reasons as to why some salons are not doing well, and it's not always in their control. So I don't want to be flippant about that. But your salon has been steadily growing. And, uh, you know, I know even through COVID that, that you have just continued uh, uh, to grow. So, so what do you put that down to? There's many, many things. Um, I think, first of all, we are, there's a bit of luck involved, as, you, as you've just said yourself. Some people, just their circumstance means that it's been impossible to grow through this. Um, and, and, you know, it's heartbreaking, some of the stories. For us, um, where our salon is situated, we're not we're not in a city centre. We're in a, a converted farm that's that's been uh, a little shopping village has been created. So there's 20 shops in there, uh, free parking, all the rest of it. So nice and spacious. We've got 2,000 square feet in the salon, um, and and only 15 styling stations in that space, of which we're only using half of at the moment. And um, so it means there's so much space around around every single section. But then I, I think. For me, it's, everything comes down to team, and our team have been absolutely fantastic. And some, you know, we employ good people, and we've made sure that we always nurture those people to become even better. And it means that coming out the other end of the last lockdown, all of them were on board. Yeah. Even even before even before communication started, all of them were were on board. And then we made sure throughout lockdown we were communicating with them all the time. You. They knew exactly what was going on. They knew exactly what they were coming back to. We spoke about the new client journey. Uh, we spoke about how, how safety is, is the priority and, and the importance of that. And it meant that when we came back, if you've got your team on board and then you communicate what you're doing to, the, to your clients constantly, and it's the same message going out all the time, and we, we've, we've been inundated with new clients as well. And it's just meant we've been able to grow and grow really we're, we're, we're 10% up on on the same period last year um, and and we've actually employed five new members of the team since we came back from lockdown so um, it has been been positive so far okay so well that sounds fantastic let's dig into that a little bit uh, just to put all this into context uh, the time of recording this it's the 5th of November and uh, for our um, 
you know, non-English audience, um, the UK or, yeah, the UK, England has just gone back into lockdown. So when Tony talks about the second lockdown, uh, today is the first day of the second lockdown and we are all locked down in this country uh, now until at least the 2nd of December. So, um, you know, challenging times, but that just puts into context what we're talking about. But, um, you know, COVID, you know, as as you said, has like hit a lot of businesses hard. Um, have you lost any staff because of COVID? I know you just said you've employed new staff, but did you lose anybody? Was there anybody who, you know, hasn't wanted to come back to work or anyone who was in a high risk category? I don't know, pregnant or, you know, severe asthmatic or something like that? No, we um. So as we went into the first lockdown, uh, one of the team members who, who actually was a, a homegrown team member and has been with us for quite a while, but she decided that she wanted a career change. I don't think it was anything to do with COVID, to be honest. Um, I think I think she'd been thinking of it for a little while. Um, but no, other than that, we've, we've lost no one. So we've, we've come back and we've, we've pushed forward a couple of our um, trainees. They became stylists which then meant that we could promote two more apprentices, so two more assistants. Um, and with the extended opening hours, we needed more help with front of house as well. And front of house is, is an even bigger role than ever. You know, that yeah. they need to make sure that everything is being communicated to those clients, the way they're greeting the clients, everything about their roles got even bigger. So we needed more help on there as well. And then we, we've had another stylist staff as well. So, and um, no, we didn't. We we lost one just before it, and um, but not nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. So so with the new staff you've attracted, um, as as hairdressers, have they come to you because of you know the, the their existing salon closed or that they didn't like the way that that existing salon was responding to you know the sort of safety measures etc. What 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 was it that brought them to you? Was it connected to COVID no. or just? No, no, again, wasn't wasn't connected to COVID. I think just just seeing how we do things, and and they wanted that next chapter in their career, and and they felt that that we were the the right place for that next chapter. Yeah. Um, in terms of the assistants, uh, one of them in particular just got a new job in in retail. Yeah. As as the lockdown happened, and um, in in quite a, a big brand, but they couldn't keep her on. Um, and I, you know, I'm seeing a. We're getting CVs all the time from people like that. I think there's a, there's a big opportunity to get. You know, there's been a in this country. I don't know if it's the same around the world, but the, the amount of people getting into the industry has just dropped so much. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's there's people who do actually maybe they've had a bit of thinking time, and there's not as many jobs out there as well. So all of a sudden, we're we're inundated with CVs of of probably a higher caliber than what we've had previously for for that trainee role. Right, so there's a big opportunity, hopefully, for yeah. for more people to be getting into this this brilliant industry. Yeah, well, I was just talking uh, yesterday to a, a friend of mine in Australia who um, he is doing. Um, uh, so you, when, when you just said a lot of people being attracted to the industry, he is training a lot of ex-flight attendants from mm. uh, uh, from Virgin uh, Airways um, as you know receptionists, front desk people to help out in in salons. So uh, uh, it's interesting, you know, that you say that. Um, what, what about clients? Did you lose clients through co- because of COVID, or have you just attracted more because of the you know the sort of setup that you've got? And as you say, there's a degree of luck to that. You know that the, the, yeah. the location of your salon and the, the 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 i mean 
I'm going to put the uh, the link to your website in the show notes. I highly encourage people to go and check out Tony's salon. It's a beautiful salon. It's in a he alluded to it being in a in a farm, so you can't really get your head around it until you look at it. But it's a it's a series of converted barns in a in a farm that have been turned into the shopping village and uh, uh his salon is beautiful so well worth having a look at so uh you know obviously that's already lent itself towards being um you know good for covid because it's big it's spacious um and uh, like you say there's parking and all that sort of stuff so um you know so, so some of that is just luck isn't it it's just all worked in your favor but you know i always um think that ultimately the success of any business is a reflection of its leadership. Okay. So I want to talk to you about your leadership in the business and 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 what that looks like. So I, I'm not really even asking you a direct question. I'm sort of saying to you, give me some some practical examples of what leadership looks like on a daily basis in Anthony John Salons. Okay. Um, well, first of all. I think it's giving yourself time to lead. It was actually something that you said on a seminar that I went to many, many years ago. And I, I don't want to put hot air up be too much, but um, you, you started this seminar by saying something along the lines of, as, as a as a leader or a manager, middle manager, your job is to make yourself redundant, and that yeah. sort of really, really clicked with me. Yeah, and I know it can be hard, particularly if you're a middle manager. Because you want to make sure that your the powers that be above you are seeing how much hard work you're doing, and you're constantly trying to make sure that they can see you're doing more work than the other people. But actually, if you're leading them right, you shouldn't be looking like you're struggling as a leader. The the rest of the team should be doing exactly what you've led them to do. Yeah. So everything I've always done is is to try and essentially make myself redundant in the role at that point, and that what that then allows you. I mean. I'm not making myself redundant. I'm way, way away from um, being able to retire or anything like that. But what it's allowed me to do is my, my role has completely evolved over the 10 years I've had the business. So there's actually people in the business now who are probably doing the job that I was doing um, five, six, seven years ago. So it allows you to think on a whole other level, which then allows your business to rise to another level. Um, so so letting those people grow underneath you, I suppose, and, and not drop your ego. Don't don't worry about if someone's busier than you in the salon. Don't worry about if someone's a better hairdresser than you, because actually your job isn't hairdressing anymore. Your 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 job is to, to lead the team. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's the first thing. I think a lot of people um, in, in our industry, they're still the busiest person with clients. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm still on the shop floor three days a week, right. fully booked. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the time, the leadership isn't getting in my way. And that's what I think happens a lot is the leadership happens when you've got a 15 minute gap and it takes a lot more than just your odd 15 minute gap to make sure you're leading a, a big team. Yeah. Um, so having a structure, uh, having, having procedures with it. Um, so on a day-to-day basis, we, we start with a team brief. You know, you, you have to set the tone for the day. And if you don't do it, who's, who's going to? So, so, so what, does that, what does that look like? How, how long is that when you say you start the day with a team brief? Sometimes it, it's a minute, two minutes. Other times it's 10 minutes. It's, it's just a, a chance for you to say you well done. You know, what, what happened the day before? Who, yeah. who, who's hit the highest figures? 
Um, it's your chance to put anything right if something's going wrong. Yeah. Um, and and again, as a team, you know, make sure that that team knows exactly what what that message is. Um, and especially with times at the moment. You know, it feels like weekly sometimes that, that the guidelines are changing and you need to make sure that your your team know what those guidelines are and, and why. Sure, and, yeah. And at the end of the day, what it's all about is keeping them and the clients safe. So you can discuss that kind of thing. And, and, and as much as hairdressers, they're creative, maybe they, they don't want to hear about COVID and the guidelines, but, but we have to do it. Yeah. Um, and again, if, if you're not giving them that message, who is? Yeah. Um, so we start with that and then throughout the day, so the, the two days in particular that I'm not on the shop floor, um, one day I'll try and have all about the business. So as I say, strategic thinking, looking at their figures, analyzing their figures, seeing if there's any drops in anything, seeing where there's been increases and, and again, making sure you say well done and thank you for that. Uh, the other day is is about education and, and communication. So sitting down with the one-to-ones, if there's anything that, that needs to be talked about, sometimes it's those difficult conversations. We make sure we get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and education, so mostly that would be with the assistants, the, the apprentices, the trainees. Um, but it also, because I'm blocked out that day for education, it means if there is a stylist who we need to do a bit of education with, um, we, we can make sure that we're nipping anything in the bud straight away and, and making sure that there any skill gaps are closed as soon as possible. Without having that time blocked out, we can't do that. You know, if you're fully booked, how are you going to do that? What's the most important thing that you've learned as a salon manager or salon owner? If, if, you, were, if you were talking to the Tony you know, 10 years ago before you opened or whatever, and you had to sit him down and give him a talking to, <laughs> what, would, what would be the thing you would say, Tony, the most important thing you can learn is this? What would it be? To have conversations as quickly as you can. Uh, okay. Normally, you can feel something in someone when something's not quite right. Yeah. Normally, you feel it before you start seeing the figures drop. Mm. Okay. So and, be proactive. Yes, definitely. And, and 99% of the time, once you speak to them, there's, there's a problem so often somewhere else in their life. It's not actually yeah. anything to do with work. Mm. And if you don't sit down and have that conversation... And, and I like to think that my team know that I, I'll do my best to help them in, in any way. So whether that's work or, or out of work, it, it's my job while they're with me, which hopefully is forever, obviously. But whilst they're with me, it's my job for them to, to feel happy and work and, and feel like they belong to, to that place and that we're going to nurture them to be better at what they do, but also hopefully have a, a happier life through that. Yeah. And if someone's got something that, that might be such a, in, in, in our minds, it's a small issue. In their minds, it's a big issue. It's in their life. Yeah. But I can give them some advice on how to put that right and how to make it better. And the byproduct of that is that their output in work is, is greater again. Why wouldn't I have that conversation? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but sometimes you know it's going to be a difficult conversation. Of course, so yeah. as, 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 as people, we can put that off a little bit and think, oh, I'm busy today. I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And, and it can be a lot to take on your own shoulders, but by me taking it on my shoulders, I think it's a, it's a, it's a way that my business has grown. Certainly. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's a way you grow as well as a manager, isn't it? Yeah. As a person, by by, you know, I, I love the quote. Um, uh, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. if you want to grow. You know, you've got to be you've got to be doing stuff, stepping outside your comfort zone, growing for, for all of us. But you know, so sometimes in business, uh, everyone has challenges. I'm sure you've had your share of challenges. I'm sure that you've had you know problems with with, with people, with I don't know, with cash flow, whatever it is. What I want to ask you is this question: How do you, as a leader, how do you? respond to that how do you overcome adversity outwardly you just can't show it is the way i see it with your team anyway i'm, I'm very lucky I've, I've got really close family and friends and i know that i can let loose on them you know i can i can say what i want to them they're my people that i can speak to yeah Outwardly in, in the salon, who's who's going to get anything from me coming in and, and being a stressful and yeah. and again bringing a, a negative energy into that salon? Because again, yeah. if I, I set the bar, no one else does. So if I'm negative, if I go in and I'm a two out of ten, the rest of them are going to be one out of ten. Sure, yeah. So you know, it's almost as a hairdresser, you know, you you can't when you're on the shop floor and you're doing a client. You might have all sorts going on at home, but you can't let that client know that like, that client's not there to hear about your troubles. Yeah, my team, my team aren't there to hear about my troubles. And if I've if I've done something that's made the cash flow drop, if if something is going on in the background of the business, that's nobody else's concern. And mm. and actually, by me putting it on them, it's only going to make their performance drop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, that, that you always have to be the most positive person in the room, even yeah. if you're faking it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, if yeah. they, if yeah. they see a chink in the armor, so to speak, no one wants to be the last one on the Titanic, you know, is the expression, yeah. isn't it? You know, so yeah, you've uh, got to be. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's the things that's happened in my life that maybe gives me that positive spin. And, and, yeah. and I do, if, I, if I'm feeling um, anxious or stressed, what tends to happen is that turns into an energy and um, yeah. like the last three, three days, you know, it's obviously in me, there's, there's been anxiety and stress, the, the business is closing down again. And, um, yeah. but that has turned into an energy that then goes onto the team and make sure that we're, we're in a better place for it to come yeah. out the other side. And um, I mean, when I actually opened the business and um, my mother-in-law actually passed away as I was opening the business. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think going through that, you know, it, it was at a time where I had to give positivity. I was opening a business and um, plowed money into it. If I didn't make this work, it, it was a disaster. Yeah. So I had, you know, almost the worst thing possible going on at home. Yeah. But I had to make sure when I went through those doors that I, I was that positive beacon and, and people were following my lead and people understood what my brand was about as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah, exactly. I think going through that very early on has meant actually not not much can touch me kind of thing. You know, I'm, yeah, I feel a bit invincible at times. Yeah, I get it totally. <laughs> what 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 do you what do you wish that you were better at? Good question. I think I, I have imposter syndrome quite often. I think a lot of people um, yeah. in in every industry, every business leader Definitely. has that. Yeah, and. So if I if I employ a new hairdresser who's coming in at a high level, and um, my my first thing is always always are they going to learn anything from me? 
yeah always and and quite quickly i realized in the in the first fortnight yes yes they are but my, my first feeling is always what are they going to learn from me sure yeah and and the same with if, if i'm if i'm out networking or anything like that always my first thought in my head is self-doubt and and imposter syndrome and you know what yeah. what have i what have i got to give in this situation yeah but again, you, you just got to try and turn that energy into into a positive one and 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 go get it. And yeah. so yeah, so I'll, I'll say just that that thing in that chink in my brain. If I could turn that off more often, I'd probably happy. You know, I, I read somewhere that you know even the top CEOs in the world suffer from imposter yeah. syndrome. They're always concerned about, oh my god. How did I get here? <laughs> and am I going to be found out? Yeah. You know, so I, I don't think you're alone in that one. Well, let's let, turn that around to a, a, a positive question. What would you say your biggest strength was? I think it is is, is my energy and, and and how I am with people. Again, I think a lot of it is is things that have, have in my life that's made me this way. But my, my type of leadership is is to nurture and like i i want to be liked i i want to be their their manager i want to be their leader i want to be their friend and you hear sometimes in in leadership or management that you know you don't need to be liked and, and for me that's a load of rubbish you know how many how many people have worked their backsides off for someone they hate not many yeah, exactly. Or not for long. They yeah. might do they might do it for a while out of fear, uh, yeah. but basically they're planning their exit on their terms. You know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you. They might do it short term, but they won't do it long term. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think get, getting the best out of people, I think, is, is in a, in a nutshell. And and I have my own ways of doing that. And that's not yeah. to say that that's that's the right way, and everyone has to do it that way. But it it seems to work. And so so building relationships. Educating, I think ed education is, is a, a big part, well, probably the biggest part of what I do. And, and sort of, yeah, getting get in tune with, with individuals, seeing what they want and, yeah. and communicating that and, and then hopefully helping them, them achieve those, those big goals that they've got. Yeah. I know, I think, I think that, that you've touched on something really important there and it was something that, um, that for me, when I was a salon owner, that I certainly had to learn the hard way, you know, that those relationships you build with team members are really important. And the bit that I had to learn the hard way was you have to invest time to make those relationships happen. It doesn't happen in five minutes, you know, while you're throwing a cup of coffee down your neck in the break room between clients, you know, that there has to be, you know, time given to building and nurturing those relationships. And I know that, um, you know, before we got on this call, you know, that word nurture, you had said several times. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back to talking about um, teams later on, but I, I want to ask you about the communication side of things uh, specifically due to COVID, because, um, you know, here we are, your business is growing um, on the back of COVID. Um, and that's a fantastic thing. Um, and now you've gone back into COVID again, second lockdown. I mean, you've gone back into the second lockdown. The question I want to ask you is this, what did you learn from the first lockdown that's prepared you better for this one? I made some changes in the last lockdown. So, 
I've already touched on that. <laughs> Plenty of times I've probably said communication already. And yeah, yeah. Last lockdown happened. The, the last lockdown happened, and I was let down by a few things in the business. Software was the first one. Well, everyone uh, will be glad to hear that you've been let down by a couple of things. Okay. <laughs> so, people, people listening to this will be quiet yeah, if some things go wrong for you as well. Okay. <laughs> because otherwise they'll be, beat, yeah. they'll be beating um, themselves up real bad. <laughs> so, yeah, software. I couldn't get on the software at home. Uh, I couldn't contact clients. Lots that went into that. But uh, I'm a firm believer in, in having things around you and people around you that, that can help you get better and better. So yeah. straight away, spoke to software companies, got, got a software that is going to help us so much over this lockdown, communicate with clients uh, through text, through emails. And, and, and so basically the last lockdown, the only way we could really communicate with clients other than physically ringing every single one was through our social media, um, which I suppose is, is partly why it became stronger and stronger and stronger because we knew it was our only way of getting through to them. Yeah. Uh, we had a new website built. Our, our old website was very good, um, but almost acted as, as more of a, a very nice brochure. The new website does a lot more for, for the business. Um, and then we had a new phone system put in as well. And I must say all three of those companies that I, I brought on board have, have been amazing so far, and I'm sure will be amazing through this lockdown. So again, what I try and do is when, when there's a problem, try and fix it as, as quick as possible. Yeah. And and those those were problems. We fixed it in the last lockdown. It took a bit of investment, but actually not not as much as you think. And it means that, that now we are in a, a place where communicating with clients certainly is going to be much, much, much easier. In terms of the team, I thought we did it well last time anyway. Hopefully it's only four weeks this time, but we will continue to... So last time what I did is just made sure in my diary every day I had a, another one of my team members' names and I made sure that every single day I was communicating with at least one of the team members, whether that was WhatsApp, whether that was a phone call to, to touch base, see how they were mentally more than anything else yeah, and, and just make sure that they're in the right frame of mind for, for when we return. So I'll be doing that again. Uh, we've, we've obviously, I think like most salons, we've got a group WhatsApp, so there's constantly things going in there. One right, thing we did okay. last time actually was good, was was um, we did uh, pictures that made me smile. So in the morning, everyone would put pictures in from the day before of anything that had made them laugh, smile. Yeah. And that, that worked, worked really well. Start your day with a, a, a chuckle. Um, so, so continue with that kind of thing. I think it's just, if, if you just let your team and your clients, they're all your people. If you let them distance themselves, you don't know what you're going back to. You want to try and you're physically not with them. So what else can you do to make sure that they feel like they're still a part of your of your gang? And it's just that there's lots of ways to do that. And, and we're lucky that this has happened now and not in the 70s where all you could do was pick up a landline. So, yeah. you know, we've got all this tech, we've got all this technology, use it, you know, and, yeah. and especially with, with the, the younger generations, that's, yeah. that's how they communicate. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it is the number one thing. I mean, it's it's amazing to me, to me anyway. It, it, it's amazing that a lot of people, salon owners and hairdressers, um, sort of abandoned their clients. 
and abandoned their team members during the last lockdown. And, and it, it, it's, uh, you know, abandonment, meaning they stopped communicating and you have to be communicating with them. So I, I'm surprised to hear that you only were using social media, um, you know, that you weren't using, because I, I think your social media is very effective. We can talk more about that in a minute because I've since found out who does it. Uh, <laughs> lucky you. Um, and, and, and yes, as you've just said, we've got all this technology now, like a, you know, a, an internal Facebook group or an internal WhatsApp group where you can communicate. And that's what you've got to be doing, isn't it? You've got to be oh, on yeah. there every day. And I'm glad to hear also that you said that you were reaching out to individuals um, about their mental health just to say hi. And, you know, we care about you. And uh, are you okay? How are you coping with all this? Because, you know, it's interesting that there was an expression, I've used it before on this podcast, I forget who it was I was talking about, but, you know, someone was talking about um, a COVID and they were talking about how we're all in the same boat. And the expression was, we're not all in the same boat, we're all in the same storm, but we're sure as hell not in the same boat. I mean, here's you, you know, you're a successful salon owner, you know, you, you're, you're, you have a child, you have a wife, you know, you have a business, you have cash flow. you know, I don't know, you know, what, what you have around you in terms of resources, et cetera. Um, but you and I also know that you've probably got, you know, as a typical salon owner, you've probably got some 18-year-old kid who's just started in hairdressing, who maybe doesn't have a good family relationship at home, uh, and that they might be living in a, in a bedsit or a studio apartment by themselves, and their situation, very, very different to someone like your situation or my situation. So as a leader, as a salon owner, making sure that you look for people that aren't, you know, that could fall through the gaps if you're not careful, whether it's picking up the phone or WhatsApp groups. And that actually applies to your clients as well, doesn't it? That you need to, yeah. you know, communicate, reach out to people and keep those relationships going. So talk to us about that as to what, what are some more of the practical things that you're doing? I know you've talked about it from the client, uh, from the, uh, the staff member angle. Uh, what, what else have you been doing in terms of clients to, to reach out to people? Um, as I said, we wanted to do it through our software, but um, through the fault of, of the software, we, we couldn't quite do that. So, so even text messages was, was difficult with, right. with clients. So with clients, I suppose it was mainly through social media. Yeah. And um, you, you can probably see it in our social media. So we, we haven't got this huge following like a lot of people do. Um, and we don't particularly chase that either. Um, yeah. And we, we want a little... We want a group, a, a gang, people who feel like they belong to something. So where we we might have 2,000 followers, and I don't know the, the number off the top of my head, all of those followers are, are a part of us. They are our people. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. It, so it's, the, not a, it's not about you having 100,000 followers yeah, when yeah. 98,000 of them are not potential clients. You're yeah. better to have 2,000 people that are properly engaged with the salon that is far more beneficial to your business without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. So, sorry, um, carry on. And, and so, the engagement we get, the, the interaction we get is, is high for the numbers that actually follow us. Yeah. And so if you, if you can continuously um, reply to messages, reply to comments, make sure that they know they're being listened to. Um, that, that, it, it worked really well for us last time. And, and it was something I was worried about. And then I'd, I'd be sitting at home and feeling like I wanted to, to speak to, the, to my client base even more than what we were. Yeah. But the, the comments we've had since 
since returning from lockdown, uh, clients who, who, you know, I've never done the hair, but the clients of the salon just stopping me in the salon and, and thanking me for the communication, saying, well done. Wow. It, shows we, it shows we've done it right. Yeah. But I was, I was still worried that we weren't doing it enough. I'd want to do it even more. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I, I think um, you, your team wants to feel like they belong to something, but as do your clients. And everything we've always done from day one is about trying to get anxiety levels as low as we possibly can. And as, as a team, as creatives, creatives tend to feel anxiety more than, than most. Um, so if I can bring that anxiety level down, it makes them better at their job. Yeah. Same with clients. If you're an award-winning salon, and as you say, it's, it's a beautiful-looking salon, unfortunately, what also comes with that is intimidation. No matter what we do, uh, that when they're first coming into that salon, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, to be honest, they, they may feel an- anxious. Yeah. So if we can do things to make sure that doesn't happen, and that, that starts with the the communication through social media and we did a video as well to make sure that they could sort of visualize how the salon was going to look how the salon was going to feel yeah i loved the video i thought it was great thank you yeah and so so a client watching that they they know before they walk through that door anxiety levels were going to be up anyway they're going into somewhere covid's around all the rest of it and before they've even come in and we also put a link to that video on our email, our reminder emails that we're going out okay. to, to clients. Yeah. And um, so they, they, they're coming in knowing what to expect, which means then our jobs as hairdressers is, is so much easier. You know, if, if yeah. you're doing a con, if you're doing a consultation on someone who's uptight and worried that they're going to get ill from being in that building, your, your consultation is not going to be as, as good as it could be. Sure. So everything we do is, is about making that, that client feel at ease, feel at home. And, and, and the byproduct of that is it makes our job much easier to create the hair that we want to create. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you were talking before about your team, you were talking about WhatsApp. What other social media platforms do you use for communicating with, with clients? I know you're big uh, on Instagram. Do you use Facebook as well? Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram. Right. Um, and I know listening to podcasts and speaking to other business owners, uh, a lot of people will use one or the other. First of all, it's dead easy to use both. You just have to click to send to both. Yeah. And and I think if, you, if you're if you saying that you're uh, quite often with Instagram, people say, well, my, my client base is on Instagram. Um, but what, why don't you want your client base to be even bigger? Why don't you want to attract even more people? Mm. And And for me, Again, when, when we first opened, the whole thing was about we wanted almost like three generations of a family to feel comfortable in that space. And I think we've achieved that. And that's what we want to achieve also through our social media and, and any other form of communication we, we put out to the world. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk more about the the sort of marketing that you do. Um, what, what's the general strategy that you've got on marketing from a COVID response? Like, what's your approach been? First of all, setting the scene. So making sure that, as we said with the video, making sure that they know what they're coming into. Once once we were back open, it's making sure clients know it's safe. So the best way of doing that is through 
well, anything with hairdressing, referrals the key, isn't it? So if you want a new client, if, if someone goes out and shows off their hair, you know, they, they're going to refer their friends. So we, we started putting out a lot more um, of even messages that we got off clients. We'd reply to that message, but then say, is it okay if we put these words on, on social media as well? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I thought that was great on your Instagram feed, all these little, you know, testimonials from clients. Yeah. Just, great, just, great bit of marketing. Thank you. So just uh, just quotes from from clients really on on sometimes it's just a couple of sentences, but just how at ease they felt when they were in there. Yeah. Um, and and if you hear it, if they can hear it from me, and it it can co- it can come across as marketing. You hear it from a client, and it comes across as something very different. Totally. Yeah. So we've just made sure there's more of that in our feed than before and afters and all that kind of thing. Right. Um, any hairdresser within reason, can do good before and afters. And, and there's plenty of salons that do amazing hair. What is your unique selling point? And, and for us, not just with COVID, our unique selling point has been the client journey, the feel of the salon. Yeah. And it's, it's always been quite a hard thing to put into words. Um, I, th- I think what we found with, with the coming out of lockdown is clients are putting it into words for us. And as I say, there's no more beautiful thing than that, really. Yeah, exactly. So I, I know that you, uh, you know, said earlier on that you've actually been growing through COVID, and I've been saying it as well. Um, and talking about your social media and your marketing strategy, is that the sort of essence of it? That what you're doing is you're very consciously promoting the safety that the salon yeah. offers, as opposed oh, yeah. to the before and afters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, we've had approaching three hundred new clients since returning on july the 4th right that had never been before and and, yeah. and they've and they've come do you know why they've come is it because of the safety that the salon offers so, so we do try and ask every single client and and yeah. um, i'd say at least a third of the people that we, we've been asking have said that they it is the safety aspect and right. and maybe they've been to their regular salon yeah. post lockdown and just just didn't feel safe there Right. Okay. So, and, and so, so beside the fact that you're lucky enough to have a big space, so social distancing was already happening effectively in your salon space. What, what other, um, you know, uh, PPE strategies do you have in place to make people feel safe? That that video you did is great. I encourage people to go to your Instagram feed. I'll make sure I put the links in the show notes uh, to check that video out. So I think you did a fantastic job of it. Thank you. Uh, I think. So first of all, PPE-wise, simply follow the guidelines. Right. I mean, okay. the, the amount the amount of salons that I, I can see, and, and not just salons, businesses as a whole, they just simply haven't followed the guidelines. And okay, it's an investment. Um, we've actually put a COVID charge on, so that that um, does take care of most of that investment. We're still taking a hit on it, but it, it certainly helps us out. Um, but yeah, masks. It was visors, now goggles, uh, gloves, plastic aprons, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and what we've done, so what we used to do was make sure that any cleaning things were, weren't visible to a client. Actually, what a client wants to see now is that those cleaning things are there and it is in place. Yeah. So things like, our, when we've made sure that we've bought bottles that are, are nice to look at, but things like antibacterial spray and antibacterial wipes on the product stand, making sure that everything is visible to that client. Yeah. 
again, it comes back down to that, that we want a client to not feel anxious while they're in our space. Sure. And, and if they can see what you're doing and, and it's, it's almost there in their, in their face, they're not having to search for it. That anxiety just goes out of the window. Yeah. Um, did you get any, did you get any pushback about the, I forget what you called it, the safety tax? Did you get anything pushback from clients about that? No, not at all. No. Um, right. And, and we actually had a price increase in April. So we, we still went ac- uh, went ahead with that price increase. Yeah. Uh, we, we put the COVID charge on top of that. But I don't know how some salons will survive without putting that COVID. When you, when you actually calculate yeah. how, much, how much is going into to the PPE side of things, I don't know how some salons are surviving without putting a charge on. But from what I can gather and speaking to other salon owners, I think most people are putting a charge of some sort on top. Okay. So how much um, did you charge? Four pounds per client. Okay. So that's, you know, five or six dollars, you know, uh, US, um, you know, seven or eight dollars Australian, so to speak. Okay. Good. I mean, I think people should pay it. And I agree with you. Most salons cannot afford to absorb those sort of things. Uh, did, did you have to uh, change your opening hours and shifts, et cetera? To, to accommodate the social distancing? Yes, that's, that's the main thing we've done, to be honest. So we, we, we had a, we've got a team of 22 and it just so happened, again, it, it is luck, I suppose, where, where in our journey this has happened, we've been able to split the team simply in half. And what that means, so we used to run it, how, so we used to have sections that were simply for, for doing the hair. So you'd color their hair, and then we had a, sort of a relaxation room, which we called the balcony. It's a, a mezzanine floor in the building. And that's where they'd go, where their color developed. And relax up there and come down 30 minutes, 45 minutes later. So the, the one thing we've changed is that balcony room is no longer. They stay on their chair the whole time. We wanted to make sure that the flow of people was less. Um, and we've basically given each stylist two chairs and they work between those two chairs all day. Okay. And it just it just meant that we're splitting the. If, if this had happened in another few years, we would have probably had too many staff to just split it in half. So we would have had to sure. think think yeah. about how to do it. But just just with the numbers we've got, we could split it in half. And then, so it means they're almost doing alternate days. And then, that when they are in work, it's a longer day. So it's ten to twelve hours. And so it's a longer day. We're open longer longer times. But what that means is we can see the same in a day that we were seeing in an eight-hour day, yeah. with, even with the cleaning bookouts that we've got after every single client. So we have a 15-minute bookout after every client to thoroughly clean down that section. Yeah. Do, do you have so external it, cleaners? Have you, have you got someone who's specifically doing cleaning, or, or is it up to every stylist to do that, or how do you work so that? Throughout the day, it's up to the whole team. So right. a lot of a lot of salons have this sort of apprentices or trainees have one job and stylists have another but we don't work it like that you know it, it is a, a real team ethic and so that 15 minute book out sometimes the stylist might run into it which means that they, they can't do that cleaning so then an assistant or sometimes even front of house jump in and but yeah. basically definitely for, for at least 15 minutes after that client's gone no no other client will be on that chair Right. Okay. And um, so whoever's free, make sure that the, the thorough cleaning down of that section happens. And again, clients see that, you know, clients are sitting in, in the salon 
having their hair done and they can see the lengths we go to on every section each time to make sure when someone's left that it's ready for that next client. Yeah, yeah. I know that before um, we got on this call today, uh, we were talking about this and you were telling me about where you get your inspiration from for, for not just for COVID things, but the sort of customer service and the client experience and stuff. Do, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think anyone's inspiration comes from from things they've gone through in life, I suppose. So, um, I suppose without getting too deep, for me, I, I didn't until until I had my own salon. I never felt like I really sort of belonged in something. And um, I was a bit of a lad at school, but I was probably just acting like a, a bit of a lad, like the rest were. And um, just into to football and girls and yeah. then got into hairdressing. I couldn't even tell you why I got into hairdressing still. And I saw a bit of it on TV and thought it looked quite cool. I was always into fashion. And so then I got my job as an apprentice. And luckily, there was a few people in, particularly in one of the salons that the salon group owned, that, that were amazing hairdressers. Um, and, and just quite sort of inspiring in, in their hairdressing. And to be honest, at that point, I probably needed a boot up the backside and, and those people gave me that boot up the backside, you know. And, and within, within months, I, I knew it was the, the job for me, but still didn't really, I don't think I'm a natural creative in terms of being good at art at school and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So... Um, I still didn't know where I, I, I would fit in the industry. Um, and then I'd say a couple of weeks into being on the shop floor, I remember doing someone's hair and I was doing a hair and she was telling me a story about how she'd just got divorced and how she was um, going to see her now ex-husband for the first time in, in, in a year and he was coming to pick up the kids and all the rest of it and that she wanted this new look. So as, as someone brand new on the shop floor, just trained, um, I obviously got the sweaty palms and started to panic a little bit and think, oh, I hope she likes this hair. There's a, there's a lot that's riding on this hair. Um, and I was just finishing it and she started crying. And of course, I, I thought, oh, crap. Like, well, <laughs> what have I done here? And so sort of asked her if everything was okay and, and she just, oh, I absolutely love it. I, I love I love what you've done to my hair. And then as she, as she left, she was, she was a different woman. Like the way she walked was a different woman. And suddenly I, I thought that's, for me, that's the type of hairdressing I want to do forever. I want to work on the general public, normal people, and yeah. make, them, make them feel the very best that they can feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I, I do the photo shoots and all that and I enjoy it, but I still don't get that buzz that I get when I'm working on, 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 on someone who just wants to feel the best they can feel about themselves. Mm. And again, so all, everything we do is, is around that. Everything we do is, is about them feeling good about themselves and, and making them feel at ease with us. And that's what I try and put and, and instill into my team is, is that story. Like, think of what mm. impact what impact we can have on every single individual that comes through those doors. And that, again, that, that word, that sense of belonging. So, so for me, I was never, maybe it was something that was in me. Maybe it was the, 
maybe it was the places I was working didn't make me feel like I belong there. Like I, I had a real future there and that I had an avenue to grow. I never want any of my team to feel like that. And, uh, and hopefully they are all aware and we talk about it a lot and, and we do regular reviews and all the rest of it. They're set goals. They know where their avenue is to grow and whatever that avenue is, they, they can reach that under our umbrella and I'll, I'll help them reach that. Sure, sure. When when we were talking the other day, you were telling me about how you got inspiration for customer journey stuff, blah, 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 outside of the industry. And I thought, yeah. that's really interesting. Talk to me about that a little bit because I was fascinated by what you had to say. I don't really – this sounds bad. I don't follow our industry intensely. There's, there's uh-huh. podcasts I listen to, like yourself. And there's people I look up to. I always think if if you're doing what other people do, you're going to be doing exactly the same. Yeah. And and you should constantly, as a person, as as a business, be evolving. So if if you can look at other businesses, and um, and sometimes they're in the same field, so restaurants, uh, boutique hotels, and um, you know, brands that you would like to emulate. As, as near down as you can, what what are they doing? What are they doing in that industry that, that, that you can bring into this one? Sometimes you have to tweak what that thing is. Um, but, you know, even you, you're, off, you, you're buying a new car. If that car is, is, a, is a brand that's an elite brand, sit there, look around the showroom. What are those people doing? How are they standing? How are they dressed? How are they communicating? And um, how's everything presented to you? What are they doing that you could bring into your salon? If you're in a restaurant, again, how, how are things being served to you? Um, what words are being used? How can you bring that into your salon? So there's, there's so many places to get inspiration. And, and for me, it's not, it's not um, you know, so there's plenty of people who are doing it really well in our industry, plenty of people and lots of people I look up to. Um, but I, I, I want to do it a bit different to that. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to be just the, the next whoever. I, I want to do it my way and, and try and get inspirations from elsewhere. And even even coaches and things, you know, I'm lucky that my father-in-law is a business coach. So sitting down with him, and he's not in our industry whatsoever, couldn't be further from it. But because he communicates it to me in a different way and he uses different words and he looks at things so differently to me, it certainly shaped my business in a different way to what it would have. Yeah. So I'm, very, I'm, I'm lucky to have that around me as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your team now, okay, because I know you've built, you know, a strong team and, that you know, you've often uh, alluded to what an important component they are of the business. How do you, you know, what advice would you give to someone about what you need to do to create a positive team culture and that word you've used a few times nurturing people what, what are the steps that you would give to people about that so first thing would be how you are recruiting in the first place so in in my interviews i'll probably ask slightly different questions to what other people do i, I want to get right into the into them as a person i can probably teach them how to do good hair i can't teach them to be a good person and want to they almost need a, a passion to be above average and then I, I can do the rest. 
And the one thing I always ask in my interview is, if you could choose one person in the, in the world, whose hair would you do and how would you do it? Often you get quite a generic answer. And then, and, and they always pause. There was a call, I didn't think you'd ask something like that. Um, I had one, one girl that always sticks in my mind and she, she paused for a minute and then said, well, I'll do my mum's hair. And as soon as she said, I'll do my mum's hair, <laughs> in, instead of Katy Perry or whoever yeah, yeah. The, the person is at that time, as soon as she said, I'll do my mum's hair, I thought, you've got the job. I don't even have to ask anything. If, you're, if family is, is at the heart of what you do and that's the first person that comes into your mind, you're the yeah. right person for me. You know, I used so, to do something very similar with recruitment. I would be looking at someone and thinking, would my mum want this person to do their hair? And that was yeah. one of the filters that I'd put, a, you know, a potential stylist through in my own mind. So I yeah. totally get what you're saying about that. Yeah. So Sorry, so, carry on. That's fine. So finding someone who, who matches your culture and your, your ethos and that wants to grow. Mm -hmm. One of the things we have is a, a thought board in our staff room. So I don't even have a list of people who have to do that. All they do is when they see a sort of an inspirational quote or anything like that, they put it on that thought board. So the first thing you see as you walk into the staff room, and even for me, it gives me inspiration every single day. Uh, you, you read it, it gives you that buzz about your day. Again, it almost sets the tone for that, that day, that week, however long it's on there. Yeah. And if they're in charge of that. They put it, put it on there. Um, and then they do, the, they're there for each other all the time. And again, if, if you're recruiting the right people in the first place and you have procedures in your business, and um, in turn, that, that brings trust. Like you can trust that they're going to represent your brand, how it wants to, how you want it to be represented. And, um, but if, if you haven't got those right personalities, like I could have recruited people who could have made the business a lot of money, but also yeah. would have ruffled feathers. And, and I don't want that. I, I want to build something where everyone feels they've got a, a purpose and, and that, that we're all going for the same goal. But whereabouts can people connect with you on Instagram or other uh, social media channels? So probably Instagram would, would probably be best. So um, it's Anthony with a H underscore John with a H underscore Salons. And then my personal one. And again, I, I put a few sort of coaching things and, and, and some, some stuff on there that might help you in your business. So again, that's Anthony underscore John underscore Warmsley. Right. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes for today's podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast with Tony Wormsley and you've enjoyed it, then please do us a favor, take a screenshot on your phone, share it to your Instagram stories, and don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that because it helps people uh, find us and be able to uh, share us around. So uh, thank you very much. So Tony, to wrap up, thank you very much for being on the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.